Hey, Whitvale family, it's great to have you join us this morning for this 9 a.m. service. And I want, as your pastor, to give a shout out to all of our moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. We love you so much. I also want to give a special welcome to our many guests who have joined us today from here across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and even globally from around the world. Well, we're in an eight-part sermon series that we're calling Clarify, and we're trying to move from the place of confusion to the place of clarity, clarifying some themes from the pages of God's Word. Well, today is part four of this eight-part sermon series, and today I want to share with you a message that I'm calling what the Bible has to say about the battle for your home. And because it's Mother's Day, we're going to take a look at an amazing woman in the Bible. I need to share with you that it's very obscure. You may not even have heard of her name before. Her name is J.L. Would you say that name with me? One, two, three, J.L. Well, J.L.'s story is found in the book of Judges, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Now, to understand the story, you got to read Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. Judges chapter 4 is the narrative. It's the story. It's the information. And Judges chapter 5 is the song. It's the inspiration. And they don't compete with each other. These two chapters actually complement each other. Well, if you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Judges chapter 5, verse 24. And in the song that is sung in Judges chapter 5, in verse 24, it tells us a little nugget of truth about J.L. It says, most blessed of women be J.L., the wife of Heber, the Kenite, most blessed of tent-dwelling women. And so for a few moments this morning, I want to take you to the story of J.L., the story that is found in Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. And I want to give you today eight thoughts about what the Bible has to say about the battle for your home. And there is a battle raging, and we're going to learn these eight truths this morning. Well, the first thing I want to share with you, number one, is sometimes the battle actually turns up at our home. It turns up right at the doorstep of our home. Because you see, Satan himself wants to bring confusion to you and chaos to you. He wants there to be concern. He wants there to be conflict. He wants there to be a battle in your home. He wants to discourage you. He wants to distract you. He wants to deter you. He wants to defeat you. And ultimately, he wants to destroy you. But we know We've got victory that's found in Jesus. So let me show you in verse 17. It says here, Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael. Well, I need to give you a little history so you can understand who Sisera is and Jael is. Well, way back in the Old Testament, the book of Judges, there, there aren't kings yet, but there are these judges. And Israel went through this sin cycle that actually repeated six times in the book of Judges. They went through a season of stability and everything is calm. But during the course of stability, they would sin and they would turn their back on God and they would move away from the God of Jehovah. So they'd go from from stability to sin. And because of their sin, they went through a season of servitude where God allowed them to be in bondage 
to the oppression of one of the enemies. So they went from stability to sin, and then they went to servitude. Then after a season of time, they would fall into a season of sorrow, and they would call out to God, God, would you deliver us? And then after this sorrow, they would have a season of salvation. And God would raise up a deliverer, a judge. And then they would go through that season of stability. So that cycle kept going six times in the book of Judges from stability to sin to, to, to servitude to, to sorrow and then to salvation. And then right back to stability again. When you come to Judges chapter 4, God's people began to sin and turn away from God. So God allowed them to go into the bondage of the Canaanites. And the king of the Canaanites was a man named Jabin. And Jabin had a commander of the Canaanite army. His name was Sisera. There's the name Sisera. And you learn in Judges chapter 4 that they had 900 iron chariots. And they oppressed the Israelites for 20 long, long years. And eventually God's people called out to God, God, save us. God, would you rescue us? So God raised up a deliverer. He raised up a judge. It was a woman and her name is Deborah. And we learn in Judges chapter four that Deborah was a prophet. And she held a court under a palm tree and people would come to her and ask her for advice and help. And the commander of the army in those days of the Israelites was a man named Barak. And so Deborah said to Barak, you go. I want you to go and bring deliverance to God's people. And so Barak went and the battle was raging and God's people in the army under Barak surrounded the Canaanite army under Sisera. And we learned that all 900 of those chariots got stuck in the mud and the sword came out. And God's people took down all of Jabin's army, except for the commander named Sisera. And Sisera fled. And Sisera ran. And he came to the tent of this lady, Jael. You see, Jael was a nomadic person. In those days, they were always on the travel. And so they lived in tents. She was a tent-dwelling woman. And one day, the commander of the army of the enemy showed up at her doorstep. Well, friends, I want to declare to you that the enemy, Satan, wants to bring confusion and chaos and conflict and concern to you and to your home. Wants you to be discouraged. Wants you to be down. Wants you to be defeated. Wants you to be destroyed. Wants to come and attack you and bring you down to destroy you, to bring conflict in your marriage and confusion in your children and discouragement in your life. And so number one, I want you to know that the battle, the battle sometimes begins to rage right at our home. And in this COVID season, the enemy is fighting for your home. The enemy is fighting to destroy your marriage. The enemy wants you to discourage you. So number one, write it down in your notes. Sometimes the battle turns up at our own home. But then there's number two. People around us make ungodly choices. Sometimes the problem in your home and the confusion and the battle is because of an unwise, ungodly, sinful choice of someone in your home. And because of their 
unwise, sinful choice. It's brought the conflict and the chaos in your home. Well, look, if you would please, at the latter part of verse 17, because we learn here who Jael is. Jael is the wife of Heber, the Kenite. But notice this, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber, the Kenite. Jael's husband is Heber, and Heber's is Kenite. And the Kenites were nomadic people that traveled with the Israelites, but here is Heber that actually made an alliance with the enemy. He was a fence sitter. He liked God's people, but he made an alliance with the enemy, with, with the king Jabin of the Canaanites. He, he wanted to be on both sides. He wanted to be there with the God of Israel, but he also wanted to be connected with the enemy, the Canaanites. He was a fence sitter, one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God, if you will. And you see, sometimes in your home and in your family situation, there's chaos and confusion because of an ungodly choice, an unwise decision that goes against the heart of God. You didn't cause it. You didn't want it. It's not something that you wanted in your home, but, but it's happened. It's happened because of the ungodly, unwise choice of someone in your home. But then there's number three. I love number three. You already are an overcomer by God's word. Would you say these words with me? I am an overcomer. Come on, let's say it together. I am an overcomer. And I'm gonna show you today that God had a word that was spoken through the prophetess Deborah. It was a word that I don't even think that Jael even knew, but she was living under that word. Let's look at verse nine of Judges chapter four. Because Deborah said to Barak, you go. You can take down Sisera. You can take down the Canaanite army. But Barak got nervous and I'll only go if you go. So look at verse nine. Certainly, I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you were taking, the honor will not be yours for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Wow, what a powerful word. That the victory over the Canaanite army was going to be given to a woman. And I don't even think that J.L. knew that that word was spoken, but somehow in the spirit realm, she aligned herself underneath that word. Some of you right now, you're discouraged, you're down, you're feeling defeated, you're feeling chaos and confusion and conflict and concern and battle in your home and you don't know how you're gonna get through this. I wanna declare this word over you today that you are an overcomer. And I wanna challenge you to position yourself underneath the word of God. Well, I wanna show you an amazing word and it's found in 1 John chapter four. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, John is writing to God's people. And he talked about the spirit of the Antichrist, but then he said, you, dear children, are from God, and you've overcome them. I looked at that in other translations, and one translation says, you've defeated them. Another translation that says, you've already won your fight. Wow. The message translation says you've already won in a big victory. And I declare that word over you today. The battle's raging, but you are a victor in Jesus Christ. 
You are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Now, the latter part of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Satan might be out to defeat you, discourage you, get you down, create conflict and concern and chaos in your marriage, in your children, in your life, and get the battle ranging in your mind and fill you with anxiety and worry. But declare the word today, you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Because greater is Jesus who's in you than the enemy who is roaming the world. So I want to declare to you that you're an overcomer by God's word. But then there's number four. I want you to write this in your notes. Choose to act intentionally. Choose to act intentionally. One day, JL gets up and all of a sudden, the enemy is at the door of her tent. The enemy, Sisera, is at the door of her tent. Now, look at verse 18 down to verse 20. You're going to see how intentional J.L. is. Watch this. J.L. went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come, my Lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. I find those words interesting because sometimes when the enemy is attacking, we get filled with fear. But here is J.L. saying to Sisera, don't you be afraid. Come on right in. She's not filled with fear. She goes out and confronts her enemy. I want to declare today that there's a spiritual application for you and I in the New Testament that we don't have to fear the enemy. God's not given you the spirit of fear, amen? But of love and power and a sound mind. And so when there's chaos and concern and confusion and conflict and discouragement and defeat and the devil's out to destroy your home and destroy your marriage and, and, and to cause your marriage to break up and to get your children far from God, you put your foot down and say, enough is enough. I'm a child of the living God. Greater is Jesus in me than the enemy is roaming the world. You go out and you face your enemy in the authority of God's word. Amen. Now let's look at verse, let's look at the look at verse 19, or the latter part of verse 18. Watch this. She said, Come, my Lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. I'll tell you why, because 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 he's tired. I mean, Sisera is so tired, running, 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 running. His, his chariot got stuck in the mud and everyone is killed and he's running for his life and he gets to the tent and he's tired. And, and he says in verse 19 to JL, I'm thirsty. Please give me some water. Now watch this. Instead of giving him water, she's really intentional. She opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. I've heard of people when they try to get to sleep, they have a little bit of warm melt just to relax them, to help them to sleep. She wants to get, she wants to get the enemy sleeping in her tent. In verse 20, he said, stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there? Just say no. You see, the enemy wants you to lie. I'll tell you why. Because the devil is the father of lies. The devil doesn't know any truth. There is no truth in him. He's the father of lies. 
I feel right now in this nine o'clock service, God is telling me that there's some people watching this 9 a.m. service that the devil's been speaking lies into you and some of you are letting those lies get into your head and into your spirit. I wanna challenge you today to not listen to the lies of the devil. He's a liar, a thief, a killer and destroyer. Let's be intentional. Let's not walk in fear. We don't have to fear the enemy because greater is Jesus who's in us than the devil who is roaming the world. I want to take you now to number five. I want you to write this in your notes. You already have everything you need to be an overcomer. You do. If you're a child of God, you've got everything you need to be an overcomer. Now let's look at this Old Testament story. Let's look at verse 21 of Judges chapter four. It's kind of gross, but I'm going to read it to you. You may not know this about Jael, but this is what she's known for. It says, but Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer. Well, your first question might be, why a tent peg and why a hammer? Well, in that culture, because they're nomadic people and they would travel with their tent, I need to tell you, the one that put up the tent wasn't the man, it was the woman. And she would put up the tent every time they traveled. So she was really familiar, really familiar with a hammer and a tent peg because she had used that hammer so many times and she had used the tent peg so many times. She had put that tent up so many times that she picked up what was familiar to her. She picked up the hammer and she picked up the tent peg. Watch this. And she went quietly to him because Sisera is sleeping in her tent. He's fast asleep and he's exhausted. And she drove, oh yeah. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. This is the tent peg lady. (laughs) And she took what she was familiar with. She took a hammer and she took a tent peg and she placed it right into his temple and she killed him. Well, I thought of some verses in the New Testament in Colossians Colossians chapter two. It's kind of a New Testament application. In Colossians chapter two, verse 13, down to verse 15, you're not gonna see these verses on the screen, but write down Colossians two, 13 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. How many people are glad that when you came to Jesus, you're alive in Christ, amen. He forgave us all our sins. He canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away. Watch this. Nailing it to the cross. Wow. Here's JL that takes the hammer and the tent peg that she's familiar with, and she kills the enemy. And here in Colossians chapter two, we learn about our sin that's been canceled and and it's been nailed to the cross. Look at verse 15. Having disarmed the powers and the authorities. Ah, Jesus disarmed the power and the authority of the enemy. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see, defeat day for the devil was the day that Jesus died on the cross. So as a child of God, we are not moving to victory. We are proceeding from victory. Well, we don't have a tent peg and we don't have a hammer. but We got the word of God and we've got the name of Jesus. 
And I want to encourage you, when the devil's bringing confusion and chaos and conflict and discouragement and trying to defeat you and trying to destroy you, you speak out loud the word of God. You declare the name of Jesus. When your marriage is falling apart, you declare the name of Jesus over your marriage. When your husband woman is falling away from God, lady, when you sense that he's pushing so far from God and you see this trouble, you declare the name of Jesus over your husband. When your children are moving Moving away from God and there's confusion and chaos. You pray the name of Jesus over your children. Get in your prayer room, get on your knees and fight your battle on your knees praying to God. Wow. But there's another verse that I couldn't shake and I want to read it to you. It's verse number 14 of Judges chapter 4. Remember, Barak was nervous. Well, I can't go and do this. If you go with me, I'll go. And so he goes. But then Deborah said to Barak in verse 15, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. And I want to prophetically declare that today, this Sunday, in the 9 a.m. service is the victory day for your home. Now watch this. What did Deborah say to Barak? Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? That was prophetic. These were the days of the judges, the book of Judges. Then you read First and Second Kings, which is the book about the kings. Now if you read First and Second Kings, you're going to learn something about kings. When there was a battle, watch this, the king would always go ahead of the army. That's right. When there was a battle, the king would go in front of his army and lead the way into battle. This is prophetic because we've got Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I declare to you today, whatever confusion, whatever chaos, whatever conflict, whatever concern, whatever discouragement, whatever doubt, whatever level of defeat, that you are sensing Jesus has already gone before you in the battle. Don't you fight your battle. Let the Lord fight your battle. Let the Lord bring wholeness back into your marriage. Let the Lord bring peace to your mind. Let the Lord do a miracle in your child. Some of you, your son or your daughter are so far from God and you've been agonizing, wanting them to get right before God. The Lord is gone before you. Somebody, somebody risk a little amen today. You have everything you need to overcome. You don't got a tent and you don't got a hammer and you don't got a tent peg, but you got Jesus and you've got the word of God. So get familiar with the word of God. JL was familiar with a hammer and a tent peg. Get familiar with the word of God because the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I want to take you to number six. Write this in your notes. With God, there are no insignificant people. I know some of you are watching and go, well, Mark, this is pretty cool stuff, but, but I'm really not all that powerful, and I'm not as godly as that person. I'm not as spiritual as so-and-so. Well, in Judges chapter 4, verse 4, it talks about Deborah. Watch this. Now, Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. Deborah, she was a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. 
I mean, I'm telling you, this woman was godly. This woman was a, a judge. And God used her greatly. And when the Israelites had sinned and then they moved to sorrow and they called out to God for, for someone to bring salvation, God raised up Deborah. And some of you today are like, I'm, I'm not Deborah. I'm not a Barak. But Jael probably felt insignificant and not important. And probably not as spiritual as Deborah, but, but here's the word. There are no insignificant people in the kingdom of God. Your prayer is powerful, not because of you, but because of Jesus. There are miracles, not because of you, but because of Jesus. The mountain mover is bigger than your mountain, and the mountain mover is bigger than you. Write in your notes, with God, there are no insignificant people. You are a child of God. If Jesus is in you, greater is he who's in you than the enemy who is roaming around. But then there's number seven. Write this in your notes. It's not about your ability. It's not about your ability, but it's all about your availability. It's not about your ability, but it's all about your availability. Now, I want to show you a nugget of truth, and it's found in verse 11 of Judges chapter 4. Remember, there's Jael, and her husband's name is Heber, and he's the Kenite. Watch this. Now, Heber, this is verse 11, the Kenite had left the other Kenites, so Heber moves his wife, Jael, and himself and leaves his people. He left the other Kenites and he displaced his wife, Jael, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law. And he pitched his tent by the great tree in Zayananim near Kadesh. And I want you to see that Heber displaced his wife, Jael, moved her to an obscure spot, moved her away from her familiarity and took her to the unfamiliar, took her out of the comfort to the uncomfortable. That's where some of you are right now. You're out of your comfort and you're in the uncomfortable. You feel displaced from the way you want things to be. There's some of you watching right now in this 9 a.m. service. You don't like what you're walking through. You're, you're tired of COVID. You're, you're sick of the word stay at home order. You're, you're done. You're just itching to go on a vacation and get out of the city of Ottawa and get away. And some of you are feeling so down, discouraged, and defeated, and you're feeling displaced. Could it be that when you feel displaced, Jesus has positioned you and placed you for a miracle? You'll never know that God is a miracle-working God till you need a miracle. You'll never know that God can bring breakthrough until you need a breakthrough. And I declare over every home today breakthrough and miracle. I pray that God would move you from confusion to calmness. He would move you from problem and pain to the place of a miracle and abundance. And so I declare to you today, it's not about your ability. You can't do it, but Jesus can do it. Who can change your marriage? Jesus. Who can bring calmness in your home? Come on, say it with me. Jesus. Who's the one that can make the difference? Jesus. And so it's not about your ability. It's your availability. You might feel displaced, but God has placed you and positioned you. You might feel vulnerable, but your position 
for a breakthrough and a miracle. Declare that over your home today. Number eight, the last truth that I want to share with you today is you can actually be a bearer of good news. I pray that the day will come that you'll be able to share your testimony, what God has done in your home and in your life. Look what the Lord has done. That you would declare the good news. Now watch this. Let me read verse 22 down to verse 24. So here is, here is J.L. Sisera was sleeping in the tent. She'd given him a blanket, covered him up, and gave him some warm milk. And then she gets the tent peg and the hammer and puts it through his temple, and the guy dies. And, and Barak is trying to catch up to Sisera. And so Barak finally shows up at the tent of Jael and, and Heber. So watch this, verse 22. Just then Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera. And Jael went out to meet him. Watch this. She said, come, she said, I will show you. I'm going to show you the man you're looking for. So he went in there, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. Now, before I read verse 23 and verse 24, I want to read some verses that aren't on the screen. It's found in Judges chapter 5. Remember, Judges chapter 4 is the narrative. It's the information. Judges chapter 5 is the song, and it's inspirational. Now, in the song of Judges chapter 5, let me read to you verse 26 and 27. It's really poetic. Her hand reached for the tent peg. Her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. And I want you to picture for a moment JL bringing, bringing Barak into the tent saying, Here he is. He's dead. And she gets to share the good news with the commander of the Israelite army that God had used her to defeat the enemy. And church, God wants to use you for there to be a victory. Now look at verse 23. Watch this. On that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the Israelites. On that day. Underline those words on that day. And I declare this is the day that the Lord has made. And I declare over your home today that today God wants to do a miracle. Now look at verse 24. And the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed him. God used Jael to destroy and take down the commander of the army of the Israelites. And then they went and got the king of Canaan. Now, I, I want to close this message with verse 31 of chapter 5. It's a powerful verse, and I want you to hear this verse. I want you to get it in your spirit. Because in verse 31 of chapter 5, so may all your enemies perish, Lord. I want that verse to sink in your heart today. I pray that all the attacks of the enemy that are coming against you and against your home would perish. All the attacks would be destroyed. But watch this, but may all who love you, this is what I declare over you today, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises 
in its strength. You ever seen the sun begin to rise? It's so strong at sunrise. It's so bright and strong, piercing the darkness as the sun comes in its strength. And I prophetically declare over everyone who's watching this 9 a.m. service, God doesn't want you to be in weakness. He wants you to be in victory. He doesn't want there to be chaos and confusion and conflict and concern. That God doesn't want you to be discouraged and deterred and feeling defeat and down and, and doesn't want you to destroy. He wants you to walk in strength. So I want you to declare victory over your life, victory over your marriage and victory over your home. Now, I want you to look at the latter part of verse 31 because for 20 long years, 20 long years, God's people, the Israelites, were under the the iron thumb of the Canaanites. Under the iron thumb of the Canaanites and and King Jabin and the commander of the army, Sisera, and their, their 900 iron chariots. But they called out to God. They called out to God. Get that principle. They called out to God and God raised up a deliverer, a judge named Deborah. And Deborah sent Barak. And because Barak wouldn't go on his own, God says the victory is going to be brought to a woman. And God used this obscure woman, Jael, who took just what she had, a hammer and a tent peg. And she took down the enemy. <laughs> I'll tell you, church, that you might feel insignificant and down, but God wants to raise you up so that you will be like the sun when it rises in its strength. For 20 long years, they were under the bondage of the Canaanites. But watch this. Look at the last part of verse 31. Then the land had peace for 40 years, twice as long as the difficulty came the season of peace. So I declare this message today over your home. I want to bring today that clarity to the confusion of the battle for your home, and I declare victory over your life and over your home in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have three wonderful ladies in our church that are going to lead us in prayer Three ladies, three different generations. Would you agree in prayer with them? And then I want to share with you some very important final words. Um, Dear God, I just thank you so much for this church and um, the ability that we can still um, come and worship you even without being in the building. Um, And just I pray specifically for the mothers and grandmothers um, in our church community um, and even those that are expecting or act as a mother role model. God, um, I just thank you so much for them. As a young person, I'm so blessed by all the um, amazing role models that I've had. And I just pray blessing over them and I pray prosperity over them. Um, I just pray that in these crazy times, God, that um, they wouldn't, that they would have your courage, God, and they wouldn't forget how powerful you are. And in all the uncertainty, they'd remember that you're so certain, God. I pray that they would never forget their influence, no matter what situation they're in, no matter um, where they feel mentally, God, that they would remember um, how well you know them, God, and that you know their inmost thoughts. I pray that they'd be able to 
um, continue to glorify you and continue to influence the younger generation like me and never lose sight of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We give you glory in Jesus Christ's name. Father, as we celebrate Mother's Day, we want to thank you for every mother, for every woman, for every daughter that you, God, have made beautifully and wonderfully, Lord. We thank you for their lives and we cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ. Our Lord, we pray for every woman, for every lady, Lord, that you, God, will give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, that you will help us, Lord, to fulfill our destinies as daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we are looking for help from you, for every lady, that you will help us, Lord, that we will trust you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father. We come to you this morning, O oh God, on behalf of all the daughters in, from the Woodville family. Dear God, I thank you for the generations of children that were born in here, Father, and they are yours, and you love them. I do thank you. I can all often think of them, that they are the generations that are so blessed indeed by you. And they live in a country of peace and of joy and of peace, prosperity, Heavenly Father, and especially with the religious freedom that we have to enjoy. I thank you, Lord. And so, Father, this morning as I come and thinking about my very own daughters, Dear God, and how they love me, how they are serving me right now in my senior years. Dear God, bless them and, and reward them, their kindness towards me. Today, even I can stand before here is because of their love, Father. And help them, Lord, to look unto Jesus too and to follow you and never to turn back. Dear Father, as I think of in this assembly, Lord, there are so many of the daughters are serving you right now. They are living for you, they are loving you. They are literally in your service, Father. You add to them, Lord, each and every one of them. Oh God, a great measure of your blessing, Father, each day. As they get up from their house, oh God, and ready to work, that they were realizing they are not alone. God is with them, God is blessing them, and God is going with them. Help them, Father, that their faith would rise up before you and to do great works for you. They are the in, indeed the generations of great influencers, indeed, as our pastor preached last, night, last uh, Sunday on that subject. Oh God, they are. I thank you for each and every one of them. So encourage them to go on and be a shining light for you, indeed, in their generation, Father. And happy Mother's Day. Amen. Weren't those powerful prayers? Well, everyone who's watching this 9 a.m. service, I have a question for you. If today was the day that you died, that you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you said yes to Jesus? Did you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life, you asked him to forgive you of your sins. 
Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. It's by grace you are saved. You can't work for it, you can't buy it, you can't earn it, but you can personally ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Have you done that? If you've never done that before, I'd have no greater joy than to lead you in this prayer. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, would you join me right now in this prayer as I lead you? Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Today I receive you in my heart. Today I declare you as my Savior and my Lord. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe there's a number of you watching right now that you made a decision for Jesus and you made the best decision of your life. Reach out to us. We will reach back to you. We have a follow class. It happens weekly on a Wednesday night. It's online. It will help disciple you in your new walk with Jesus. And if you live in the Ottawa area and you don't currently attend a Bible-believing, life-giving church, when we get back on site, come check us out. We'd love to have you on site and feel free to keep joining us online. But if you live somewhere else in Canada or around the world and you don't attend a life-giving Bible-believing church, reach out to us right now on the chat and we will reach back to you. We're going to help you find a great church in your area. And if you're watching today and you're still checking out Christianity, sign up for Alpha. It's a great ministry we have here at Woodville to help answer your questions, and it's offered online. Well, Woodville family, Evelyn and I love you, and happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. We love you so much. And church fam, you're not going to want to miss next Sunday. Last Sunday was a vision Sunday. We talked about influence, and we talked about the proposed building expansion and the remodeling of our Christian Ed Wing. And we shared with you that on May the 16th, we're going to show you the plans, and we're going to show you a digital walkthrough, and you'll be able to see that next Sunday, May 16th, in our 9 and our 11 a.m. service. And we'll share with you about our town hall Q&A meetings, and then we'll share with you then the date that we've set for the membership to meet to vote and so make sure you join us next Sunday online well God bless you Evelyn and I love you so much have a great Mother's Day and have a great week bye for now